Logos, the constant written word of God. Through the written word, we can learn about God and know his ways, his salvation, and his plan for mankind. Welcome to the Logos podcast, heart of God, mind of Christ. We combine a thorough study of history with godly revelation to help believers grow in their walk with the Lord, as well as offer compelling material that can't be ignored. I now give you the host of Logos, the Hellenic historian, the Spartan, Andy. Hello, Christian radio world. Welcome to Logos, Heart of God and Mind of Christ. I am your host, the Hellenic historian, also known in a more intimate setting, Andy. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. So today, I want to change gears a little bit. Obviously, I will be covering a lot of history of Christianity, but I feel like I want to connect with you guys a little bit. And so what I want to do is I want to share my testimony with you today. And that's what we're going to do. Kind of understand where I came from, my connections or lack of connections with Christianity, how I was disconnected, how it came back, etc. So first, I want to start out with my Christian background initially. Okay, I was born with Greek influences. I was Greek Orthodox and I was baptized in the Greek church. So initially, those were the first connections to my Christian upbringing. I went to Greek school in this area of Hamilton, New Jersey, and I remember distinct uh, memories of my uh, Greek orthodoxy. For example, in the Greek uh, calendar, the biggest holiday is uh, Easter. And depending on the um, the calendar, sometimes it's on the same Sunday as American or Catholic Easter, but sometimes it's different. But that's the biggest holiday in the Greek calendar. And I remember distinctly that we would go Saturday nights at midnight. We would go ahead and we would be a part of the Mass. And my father, we would come home. It was so funny. We would come home and we would light candles, right? So it would be one sacred flame and it would light up the whole church. If you got the candle, you would kind of like hold it on your way home. It was great. It was like, don't let the candle burn out. Don't let the candle burn out. It was like all this kind of, you know, almost comedic in a way. So we were all so careful to keep, keep the holy flame, the sacred flame, right? And my dad, he would come at the threshold of the front door and he would take it. He would burn a cross, you know, for protection, I guess, from evil spirits. He would burn a cross at the uh, door frame. And I always remembered that. And we would do it every year and every year when I, every year when I was a kid. And I always said to myself, when I get my own house and I have my own family and I walk with Christ, I'm going to do the same thing. You know, Greek Easter, burn across the doors for, to ward off evil spirits. That's something that's always just fascinated me, and I always want to do that. So that was my initial connection to Christianity. Now, faith was a part of me, at least as an identity, but nothing more. I knew about it. I was somewhat familiar with it and it was a part of me, but it just wasn't that important. I guess the best way I could describe it is it was there. It was in the uh, atmosphere. I guess maybe I was connected to it from time to time, here and there, whatever the case may be, but it wasn't really um, that concrete of a connection. So we fast forward all the way to November 2014, and I reconnect with my oldest friend. So my, my friend here is the only guy that I talked to outside of high school. We just had that very kindred connection. You know, it just seems like whatever we were into, we were always really passionate about it. So before uh, my reconnection with him, we were in high school, we would lift weights together, so we kind of had this kindred 
health and fitness, and as you soon will find out, Christian connection, which came a little bit later. But prior to that, I was always working out, having good laughs, good guy, good dude. And we would connect, you know, health and fitness wise. And then fast forward to 2014, November 2014 is when we started getting connected through Christianity. And I'll explain to you now. So his life completely changed through Christ. And the way it changed was is you had, he had very addictive issues, both with drugs and alcohol. And that was kind of like an issue with his lifestyle for as long as I can remember. And when I saw him in November 2014, it seems like his life completely changed. He said to me by following the Bible, he you know everything he wanted out of life came from the Bible. He built his own personal training business. He had his own apartment and he had a very good girlfriend. He said what the Lord was work, well, was working through him. When we first started hanging out that time, I guess I was impressed by this lifestyle. And I, I guess I was impressed with the fact that it was God who was kind of initiating it. You know, God was helping him live this life, I guess, to the fullest through Christ. And so I started to see this with him. And now he didn't uh, push it on me. Instead, I saw its effect on him and it, it naturally got a hold of me. You know, and one thing I notice about the way God works is I notice is he doesn't push, but he just sets things in motion. I mean, I can tell you right now, especially now that I've been reconnected and reawakened through Christ, that things are happening in my life that they got to be guided. It's got to be the Lord's hand, but we'll get to that in a minute. So in this situation, whatever he was doing naturally got a hold of me. It was the grace of God. And so I start seeing that. Anyway, we went ahead and we read the Bible every day in the summer. It was the summer of 2015, and I remember I had an old fireside Bible, one of those old Catholic ones. I found it at Columbus Market, the big ones. They're like, you know, imagine a Bible, and it's like bigger than a book, like fireside. I'm sure my, my older listeners can understand what I mean by a fireside Bible. It was a Catholic Bible, and I'm not Catholic, nor was I at the time. And I remember in the beginning of the Bible, I just went ahead and just, whenever I started going through the Catholic Church, I went through the Catholic Church and, you know, Talked all about the, um, you know, being Catholic, whatever the case may be. I just skipped all that because I knew. Because even then, through my friend, I knew about a Bible-believing church, you know. Because that's what evangelists are. That's what we are. We believe in the Bible, and we want to follow the Bible, and we want to spread the word of the gospel. And that's what I believed. And that's what I was starting to believe through my friends. So when I saw the, the Catholic part, I was like, eh, you know, whatever. I don't care about that. I even felt that way now, even with the Greek Orthodoxy. You know what I mean? As I said in the beginning, it's a part of me. There's still a part of me there. I don't necessarily consider myself Greek Orthodox. I'm more Greek ethnically. But anyway, I feel the same way probably now about Greek Orthodoxy, the same way I felt about the Catholic Bible. So we had a strong relationship that summer, and uh, we read the, the Bible the whole summer. And I remember that my life started to change in ways. Like, I couldn't explain it. I remember getting waking up in the middle of the night and having dialogue in my head about the gospel, about the Lord, about God. It was a very weird feeling. It was like, I must've been dreaming about it. And then I would wake up and as I would get up to use the bathroom or whatever, or, or get a drink of water, I would have these internal dialogues. And then I would even say it out loud in my lips about, you know, the gospel, about Christ, about Christianity. It was so weird. I must've done both. Like I said, I must've dreamt it. And then I must've spoke my dreams out loud as I got up. Very weird. But these were vivid dreams. It was very, it was hard to explain, but very positive, very open, very honest. I really can't explain it, but it just definitely was a feeling. So moving forward, me and my friend thinking that, you know, we are bonded by Christ. You know, we are strong by Christ. I ended up finding a radio station 
in Hamilton. And I started a mind, body, and soul radio show entitled Rebuilding Fitness Radio. And that aired every Saturday night. So I find the station and I go to my buddy and I say, let's go ahead and let's do this. Let's do a mind, body, and soul. The idea was he was a personal trainer. So he was a fitness guru. And I would go ahead and bring him on the show and ask him questions about fitness. And then he would ask me questions about like the mind and the soul. Because at the time, I was now bringing in Christianity. It really was more of like a mind-body centered in terms of like a fitness point of view. But we would go in and put the Christianity where it was appropriate. I mean, it should have been – it was appropriate all over the place. But you see what I'm trying to say. And so I was like, you know, let's do it, man. Let's go ahead every Saturday night. Let's go out and record a show. I mean, let's do it. And we were doing that consistently for a few months every Saturday night, show after show after show. So my vision was to be successful in the radio world with my best friend and brother in Christ. And that was just, to me, that was just like my, like an ultimate goal. Like, what is your main goal? To go ahead and have two guys, two friends that were friends for life, to go ahead and record a show. And, you know, be successful in the radio business. You know, bring our expertise to the radio world. You know, so at the very least, it gave me an introduction of what I wanted to accomplish. You know, in a way, it was a stepping stone to where I am today. But that's how that was. Unfortunately, now things start to change, okay? Things start to fall apart. And my friend started to fall apart, started to relapse, start going down the dark road. He couldn't make payments for the show. And then he started to fall back into his addiction. And the show fell apart. And it's actually kind of funny. Coming home tonight, I was actually somehow, I don't know how I got connected, but I went in my old uh, Facebook instant messengers, like the messengers, the old ones. And I reread a text message from the guys that ran the radio station. And I remember my response to them was, hey, October 24th, 2015, we are coming back on the air. And that's when they said to us, like, yeah, we didn't hear from you guys. We had to move on. There are no Saturday slots. And I remember the last response was, I'm going to go ahead and talk to him and we'll get back to you. And that was the end of it. And then we never went forward from there. So the show falls apart. He falls into a, a depression. And the show had ended and I was forced to move on, empty-handed and feeling so defeated. I mean, here's my dream. Here's my vision. I saw it as, you know, why couldn't you keep it together to my friend? Like, like why couldn't we do this? This was such a great idea. Why are, are you blowing it? Why is it falling apart? And I started to get angry and I started to get frustrated and I couldn't understand why the problem was. And I started to resent God and even dislike him. And I pointed the finger and I blamed him. You know, and now why? Why did I do that? Why did I come against God that way? Well, I associated God with the failure of my friend. And since he was the one who connected me with God and he failed, in my eyes, that means that God failed me. I questioned my friend and in turn, I questioned God. I said, how could you do this to me, God? How could my friend fail and how could you let that happen? And why did you let that happen the way it did? Why did you fail? And at the time I thought, you know, well, he's a creator and seer of all things and you let him fall apart, and now you let our show fall apart. I said, I had these internal dialogues. That what kind of God are you? And these are the things that I was dealing with. Since I perceived God had failed me, I unknowingly brought dark forces uh, into my life. Now this is what gets a little creepy. Nobody freak out. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Just know it's going to get a little dark right now. Everybody chillax. Everything's okay. So I unknowingly brought dark forces into my life. I turn around with atheism. I mean, why not? Why not? God wasn't there for me, at least so I thought. You know, why should I believe in him? Why should I give him any power? Why should I give him any energy? And I even considered myself a Satanist at one point. Satanists have a term, plant the seed of doubt. And that's what I still out to do, especially to believers. 
I remember I would play these like little dialogues in my head about plant the seed of doubt, plant the seed of doubt, talk to somebody, you be the, the, the adversary, you be the accuser, and you plant that seed of doubt in their head. And I guess this was my aggression, my vitriol to the Heavenly Father at the time. So I wore the role of the adversary or the accuser like a badge of honor, as if that was my new mission in life. Okay, plant the seed of doubt and be, and be the accuser. And I would read up on satanic philosophy and even consider joining a satanic church. I wrote the email and everything. I even got an email back saying I was accepted to join them. Thankfully, by the grace of God, I didn't follow through. Something stopped me. Something made me not want to join them. Something stopped me. I believe it was the Holy Spirit that stopped me. Now, I believe that's who it was. I feel like God still works through us, even if if we don't know it, even if we don't accept him, even if we have our issues or whatever. But something stopped me. I believe it was the Holy Spirit. I mean, it had to have been. Who else could it have been? Who else could have who else could have stopped it? So never heard from him again, never spoke to him again. And I guess I started loosening my grip on that reality, on that, that philosophy. But it didn't end there in terms of being an unbeliever, or at least not really caring on what to walk with God. So I got connected with this group on Facebook. This uh, group was very, very new agey and all those kind of stuff, which we'll get into. I Facebooked the creator of the page out of lust. Now, what do I mean by that? I remember at the time I was on, I was single at the time, and I saw this like really attractive girl come up through one of these other groups. Like, I think I was into like a, another like new age group or whatever, and I saw this picture popped up, and I saw this gorgeous blonde, and and I admit it, it was out of lust. It was like, wow, that girl is she's pretty cute. Maybe something could happen, especially when I found out that she was from the area, and I'm like, okay, all right. And I went ahead and I requested her. And then long story short, it turns out that she was from the area. And we just started uh, talking. And she um, invited me to a group not too far from here. And I went to the group. They specialize, like I said, in new age and esoteric. And at the time, I was kind of playing the whole intellectual historian kind of angle. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I said, to my, at least to myself, I'm not really into God right now. I'm just going to be like a very logical intellectual philosopher was my angle. So that way I can talk to these people who are unbelievers, at least from a historian point of view, because I thought that I could still fit with these people. I didn't have to be these people. I didn't have to necessarily believe in everything that they wanted to believe, but I could understand their ideology from a logical point of view, from a historian point of view. So for example, let's say this people, these people were really more into the occult or even the darker stuff. I could at least offer them a historical point of view. Uh, you know, that's how I ignorantly went ahead and kept them in my life and like would engage with them from that point of view. And I would go ahead and entertain all these nonsense theories from my point of view. It was like, yeah, you know, like I said, intellectual historian, so it's okay for me. You know, I was doing the whole, I want to be a sponge kind of mentality. You know, I want to be a sponge. I want to learn, which is not necessarily wrong with that, but you have to know what to fill the sponge with. You know, it's got to be the right water for the sponge, right? So I was like, yeah, you know, okay, cool. I may not be into this, what they are, but I'm an intellectual. I want to go in and hear what they say, and I want to go ahead and give them more historical, you know, and that was a, that was a thing. They were into philosophy, metaphysics, and they never admitted outright Satanism, but it was clearly there. And you know how they are. They want to call it what it is from a Christian point of view. But guess what? Even the devil disguises himself as an angel of light, right? We know that from scripture, and that's probably what was happening there. And so I went to these meetings, like I said, and I enjoyed being an intellectual who didn't need God at that time. 
And so that was like more into the kind of new age occult, I guess, path, you know, like I, and even at that time I wasn't practicing anything. I would read up on the stuff and I would entertain it, but I always been a lover of knowledge and I always like, I could read like something dark and just read it just for the knowledge. Little did I know it still has its effect, but I never applied and never, you know, like none of that kind of stuff. I just, you know, it wasn't for me, but I always want to read about it. So around this time that I went to this group, I also was seeing the wrong woman who was into the same stuff. It's funny how the devil puts these people in, in, into your circle because it was that group, you know, it was the satanic situation, which thank God didn't work. Then it was almost like he must have been like, okay, all right, now we're going to try this group, you know, like a little angle, you know, that disguised their Satanism. But maybe he thought, okay, we'll try this group. And then I was also dating a girl that it just was into all that nonsense. And again, I brought, I brought the same angle with her. I was like, yeah, you know, you know, new age. Awesome. Let's talk about that. And we did have a deep connection, but looking back on it, I don't want to have that connection with her. I don't want to have that connection with anybody because it's the, it's the wrong ideology. If I'm going to walk with Christ, I want to find a woman. I can have a deep connection with Christ, right? So that's how that happened there. Yeah, so there were just issues, and it was falling apart. And it was frustrating. And just, you know, I was like, you know, like, why doesn't can it work out with this woman? I mean, what is going on? Barrier after barrier, frustration after frustration, and that fell apart. And But it fell apart because it wasn't right. I wasn't putting together a godly situation. It just wasn't getting together. It was like my mistake to say, you know what, God, forget you right now. And God probably been like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know, who knows? So that's how that went. Now, this is where it gets good, ladies and gentlemen, radio world. This is where it gets up. This is where I believe I got saved, okay? This is part one of a three-part process. I believe I got saved. Okay, part one. It was had to have been January into February, and I remember coming home from work and taking a nap. It was one of those naps where you know how you wake up and you're like, oh, where am I? What's going on? Almost like a trance-like nap. And that happened to me that night. And I don't know what happened. Something must have led me to go to my Facebook page to, to check it out. And I get this message, this notification, and says, Spirit Science and Metaphysics, a new age site, is changing their name to Reasons for Jesus. And I'm like, what? I don't know what it was. Something caught me there, like a hook. It just caught me. Now, bear in mind that, first of all, a lot of times on Facebook, you go ahead and you press like, as in there's so many things that you want to cover and there's so many stuff you want to read up on, but you never will. So sometimes you inadvertently hit like, 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 like. So the original page was probably a new age, occultic, esoteric page. And the funny thing though is I must have accepted that original page for what it was a long time ago. And I never talked, I never saw it again. And it was probably, again, one of those things where maybe I, I might get to, maybe not, whatever the case may be. But like I said, like I just, I would never go to it. And then why would it attract me now? And why would that name attract me? Very, very odd. Very odd. So I did some further investigation as I was waking up and I found this guy's testimony. And what really rocked me is this guy, he was a new age esoteric blogger. He made so much money from his YouTube and his articles and his ad revenue, all the, whatever the case may be. And he went ahead and confessed to Christ. That was his testimony. Like he just... He was talking about how there was no concept of sin 
in the new age and esoteric lifestyle and something about Jesus he kept in the back burner and he was already studying philosophy and he said there was something unique about Christ that I guess he, he warmed up to eventually. And then he fell flat on his face and he said he had a moment where Christ came to him, like he just touched him and then he changed everything. He changed everything about his lifestyle. He got rid of all of his idols. He sold his house, sold his car, sold his car. He called his new age sponsors and connections that I can't write for you guys anymore. You know what I mean? He just went ahead and just changed, you know, and his testimony touched me. And I knew at the moment when I saw his testimony and I started to cry, I knew he touched me. I think it was the fact that he was a new age guy and we were in similar boats. Like he probably was way down the rabbit hole more than I was. But the fact that he went ahead and went back from a situation where I would thought I was going and then went back to Christ in a way prompted me to follow what he was doing. And that's why it was so powerful. Now, since then, I've had these new reasons for Jesus on my page. I've been reading articles after articles after articles. And I come to find out that it's a form of um, Christianity called Christian apologetics. And for those who don't know, it's in defense of the Christian faith. So, you know, what is apologetics? Well, we learn from Peter that he instructs us as Christians to always give a defense of your faith, but do it with kindness and grace. So the idea right now is if anybody asked you, why are you a Christian? It's your job to give them reasons why you are, to try to convince them with love and with grace about the Gospels so you can hopefully change their hearts and minds. But I would read his articles and it would slowly transform me to where I am today. Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of work to do, but I guess this Christ-like lifestyle is in, you know, all your life lifestyle, which I'm totally okay with. And I read up on how we can prove that Christ existed and all the sources, biblical and non-biblical sources. And that was a lot for me because I said, well, if you can prove Christ existed, how can you not understand his message? If you can prove Christ existed, how can you not know he's the son of God? I mean, it seems cut and dry to me. That's like asking me to read about Confucius and not take Confucius' word about who he was. We know he existed. We know he was a real person and we have his writings. And Confucius was just a man. He was a wise scholar, but he was just a man. Now we're talking about the Son of God, Christ, so we can prove that he existed. And now we have documents that prove he existed. And there's so many more reasons that we can prove his existence. And that just started this rabbit hole for me. And I start realizing, my God, Christ is the Lord, and we can prove it. And that's what really got me into the apologetics. And that's what I'm into right now. And that's probably what a lot of you are going to hear right now, because I want to know the intellectual side of our faith. And it just hit me right now is the intellectualism that I was using as a historian in the new age and the esoteric and the occult, I can now, oh my God, this just, this just hit me. I can now use that intellectualism that I was so into in the wrong direction of my life. I can apply it to Christ. I can apply it to the defense of Christ. I can apply it to, to walk in my faith. And that is like the best gift I can just give, give myself correction. That is a gift from God. He's given to me because now he's given me an outlet to say, spread my son's message and do it with your gifts and do it with your talents and abilities and do it with your rigorous historical work because God knows us, right? God knows that he wants me to be like a histor- history geek. He's like, then go, my son. He goes, use your historian brain and use it to spread the word. 
And that's a lot of reasons why I have logos right now. That's a lot of the main reasons why I'm doing this right now for you guys. It's a combination of understanding and working with my faith and understanding and loving my faith and combining the two, the historical meets the faith. And so here we are. And so that's where I'm at right now. And it's been the past six months. I'm going to say six months has been the strongest I have been with my faith. So the apologetics is part two of this new direction. Part three, I can't thank enough, is Frank Sasso, okay? Because without his grace and kindness for helping me not only develop something great, but also understanding what I want to do, what I want to accomplish, and his way of injecting the Holy Spirit, he is part three of this grand scheme of bringing me back to the light. And so, Frank, if you're listening, thank you, my friend. Eternally grateful. I love you. You're the best. So... That's all I have for you this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my testimony. I hope you enjoyed how this works because I want to start bringing an addition to history. I want to start bringing more stuff like this. I want to start, you know, kind of like analyzing the Bible and bring it to you in the best way I know how. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will catch you next week. Have a great rest of the weekend. And uh, Spartan signing out. You've been listening to the Logos Podcast with Andy Anastasopoulos. Visit us online at logospodcast.com and leave a message for Andy to be included in upcoming episodes. The Logos Podcast is part of the Who's Your Daddy Podcast Network and is produced by History with God Ministries, a historywithgod.org.